Now, he was asking the same questions, like, why do you do this, though? I said, because I want to meet like-minded professionals. I want, I, I mean, nobody wants bad, like, I don't want to be that, I don't want to be attracting bad deals. Right. Or bad transactions. Right. I wanted. I want qualified borrowers. I want to educate people to be qualified borrowers. Right, right. You know, and, you know, some people might take me uh, rude, for rude, because I'm direct. I mean, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. Right. I'm going to give you a yes or no as quick as possible. I'm just going to give you the news. Right. It might not be the news you want to hear, uh, but I'm not that type of loan officer. I'm going to give you the news you need to hear from me that's factual. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, the program that shines a spotlight on positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization in the city of brotherly love. Coming to you live from the G-Town Radio Studio on Maplewood Mall in Germantown. Here's your host, Alina DeLisser. Welcome to another episode of the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. We're lucky to have with us two guests in the studio with me today. Sitting across from me are Joe Scurries and William Madison, who are here to give us two different perspectives on the state of real estate here in our city. Joe is a senior mortgage loan officer at First Trust Bank with over 20 years of financial industry experience. He has been investing in real estate since 1994 and has been mortgage lending since 2001. He has done literally hundreds of real estate transactions, uh, whether as a buyer, as a seller, or lending on it. And he believes your network is your net worth. So whether um, you know, you've seen Joe in Philly or uh, New York or South Jersey, he really practices what he preaches. Um, several times a month, you can find Joe out there in the community, either hosting, presenting, or attending several different real estate events across the region. A lot of them are very educational and uh, very motivational as well, too. And joining Joe is a member of his network, William Madison, a commercial property manager who is currently working for Jones Lang LaSalle, maintaining the Santander Banks in Philadelphia. And William is also a real estate investor, a contractor, and a mentee of Joe. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Hey, thanks a lot for the invite. So, um, so you guys, how did you get interested in real estate investing? Uh, Joe, you you go first. What was your, what was well, your first? It's funny. It started in 1987. Actually, I uh, took my real estate license uh, exam with my mom, and for New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and passed it when I was 18 years old. But really, didn't do anything till 1994 applying it. Uh, but I, I was always interested in real estate from very young. And do you remember what your first uh, transaction was? Your first? Uh, it was a four unit in um, in the, the the Union County area up in North Jersey, and I bought a four unit. To, well, now today they call it house hacking. I was just buying a four unit, living in it, okay, and rent, renting all the rent of the rest of the units out. It was kind of a pre house hacking. Right, term. right. Wow, that's that must have been a good experience because you basically had your um, your tenants paying your mortgage. Absolutely, it was living that, for free, basically living for free. Do you still own that property? Yes, I do. Oh my goodness, you so, could retire. 
Oh uh, yeah, right with, yeah. <laughs> with that one property. Yeah, why not? Right. I mean, that, it sounds like a good idea, but I got a few, a little, a little more gas in the tank. Okay, okay. Oh, that's great. That's great. And for you, William, what was your, um, what was your first real estate investment? Um, well, my first real estate investment was actually a uh, seller financing deal. Um, my son's aunt, she had a house over in Tioga that she wanted to sell, and. You know, I was looking at YouTube at the time, and, you know, I, I figured, all right, well, I can just set this up with her. I, I didn't know at the time that I had to pay for, you know, liens or, or taxes, but once I ended up uh, meeting up with Joe and becoming uh, his, his mentee, you know, that's when he started to explain these things to me. So I, I still have a ways to, to go on that property. So for William, what, for you, what was the attraction? Because you were already working in real estate from the property management standpoint, right? Yeah. But you said you were watching YouTube videos on how to to do uh, uh, investing or how to do yeah, fixing. Creative financing. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the thing that drew me to real estate was as I was growing up, my neighbor, Thomas Scott, he owned a bunch of properties. And he would usually take me and my brother on out to the properties to help him, you know, do some maintenance or fix them up. So at that point, you know, that's when I got interested in it. Um, and then, you know, as I was growing up, you know, I started to watch YouTube and then I started seeing that there was a lot of, uh, contradicting information on there. So I knew at that point that I had to find someone that, um, that I could learn from, you know, the ins and outs of the business. Okay. Okay. So how long have you guys been connected? It's been about a year? About or? a year. About a year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk a little bit more about, um, the, the coaching that you do for investors, mm -hmm. but, um, to set a little bit more context. You know, there's so much uncertainty going on right now in the economy. And with you being a lender, working in banking, um, and you've gone through how many cycles? Um, with, quite a few. Yeah, quite a few, right? So what's what's your take on where we are, we're at right now in the real estate cycle? It, it feels like we're at the peak, like a 10-year Well, mark. I think in real, real estate values, I think we're over-peaked on, okay. on values right now. But the rates are so tremendously great. I mean, the Fed's going to probably do another cut. Uh, some of the news is skewed. So, you know, everybody's gathering uh, maybe sometimes a falsified opinion because jobs are still coming in. We're still having great job reports. The Fed wants to just be pull back the rates probably just because of the fact is two, three years from now, we could have that slowdown. I think we're, gonna, we're starting to see a slowdown now. Uh, I'm starting to see, unless it's new construction or true full semi-new construction, the rehabs are not being flipped. They're being held. So I think because the values, you know, are such at an exaggerated price out there, you can't even buy correctly to do a rehab and flip. It's really more of a rehab and hold, wait a year or so to get past the capital gains and collect some rent to make up maybe some of the shortfalls that happened during the renovations. Because there's also a shortage of good general contractors right now to find, to do yeah. these type of projects. So you're piecing your GC work together. By the time you're done, you miss the window or the carrying costs went past where you really can make true profitability. So I, I, I foresee probably this over the next six months to a year, you're going to see more holding than flipping with the uh, the newer investor that's out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so with regards to, um, from the lending standpoint, have the underwriting standards gotten way stricter, like in the last year or so, even though the interest rates have gotten so much more attractive? It's all about building a proper file, a proper financial resume. Like we have a resume when we go for a job. Well, you need a financial resume. And if you don't adhere to the loan officer's bullet-pointed checklist, you're going to fail, you know, in your in your loan submission. So you can't be the one 
telling the loan officer what you're sending. Here's the checklist. This is what I need. If I don't get it, you don't qualify. So I usually have that, what I call uh, the coming to Jesus party, <laughs> and get very, I keep sending back, and, they, and then, you know, I'll have a couple back and forth. I'm like, listen, I'm not asking for this to be a pain. This is to get your loan closer. If you don't want to do this, I can cancel the loan. You can go to another loan officer, but it's a very black and white type of circumstance. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, a lot of bankers and lenders don't invest in real estate, um, you know, uh, commercial bankers. You know, why is real estate so appealing to you, and why do you think more mortgage people don't get involved as investors? Well, a lot of people, you know, they're very it's caught up. It's just a nine-to-five. Yeah, they're caught yeah. up in their service. I, I like being transactional. Um, I like I like the competition. I mean, really, the only competition I have is my mirror, but I really like what where... I put people at, uh, I, I guess, in a precautionary arena where they see me walking and looking at a property, they know I have the proper financial support to go after that property. So it's not like they're, we're questioning each other, and it's a friendly court. I hope it is, typically. But uh, I'm, I've taken a step back on rehab right now, and I'm looking at a different direction on real estate, and I'm also expanding some of my services as well. Uh, but I will be I will be consistently transactional, but just not at the same pace I was at over the past ten years. Okay, okay. So um, one of the things that uh, is going on right now is the two of you have formed a partnership or yes, collaboration. Yes, yes. So William, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, well, we're starting a property management company, um, Philly Managed LLC. Um, we are in the midst of getting the paperwork all together, and we're going to start accepting clients soon. And so it's going to be um, residential property management, commercial property management? We'll, we'll start there. Uh, I mean, will we look at small bounce, multifamily? Absolutely. Uh, but it's, it's a growing stage. You don't want to jump too quick into something. I think we both agree at our, our age brackets. We're a, little, you know, we're a little longer in the tooth than the typical individual. But I, I think it's better to kind of take baby steps to see where the market is and knowing that it's going to be more of a hold environment, right? Uh, I think we're going to see better opportunities next year from the property management perspective. And we just don't want to take on every account. We want to take on the right accounts. Okay. So are you guys um, looking at a certain geographic focus or it's just going to be southeastern PA or? I'm thinking, you know, from just discussions that, that William and I have had, I think Philadelphia yes. County and Delaware County, Lower Bucks, Lower Monco. I mean, we're not going to venture all the way up to Chester County. We're not there. So if, if I'm thinking that where we our strength would be the tips of the counties plus Philadelphia County. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. So, you know, Joe, you're one of the most well-connected people in the real estate market in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for anybody who's been in the game for any period of time, they are familiar with your rehab tours, with your... Um, uh, mortgage infor- information sessions, as well as the happy hour receptions. I mean, it seems like seven days a week, um, you know, there, if there was something happening, you were either there presenting, attending, or introducing the speaker. So you- smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. Smoke well, and mirrors. So why do you think, why do you think it's so important for real estate investors to be out there networking in person, as opposed to the Facebook Facebooking people and the face, Facebook bigger pockets. Bigger pockets. I think it brings a realistic expectation when, once you meet the individual, um, you're able to size people up real quick, and your intuition starts kicking in and working with people. 
um, the subject matter of the events almost kind of skew the type of person that's going to come to the events. I'm not looking for 200 people at the event. I don't need 200 people. I need 50 of the right people, 35 to 75 of the right people because they're coming based on subject. They're, they're basically cutting up a very large boardwalk pizza mm-hmm. and making like it's a children's birthday party mm-hmm. and all these little slices are education mm-hmm. toward their real estate platform in lieu of spending... I can't even imagine the amount of money that some of these organizations out there, even local, that are demanding you know three, four, five, ten grand uh, for or twenty-five, thirty-five grand for th- like little weekend workshops. Oh right, yeah. I mean, we're talking local people too are charging that kind of money. I don't think that's right. I think you know an entry fee, maybe five, ten dollars, and/or a membership to the, some of the more uh, you know, legitimate organizations that are in this area that support real estate education is a smarter move. Than spending, you know, oh, I spent thirty five thousand dollars. I'll make it back. You might not. Yeah, I'm not going to name the places, yeah. but people know what those who's who's actually demanding those dollars yeah. at those events. Yeah, right. I think, and I think it's really interesting because there's um, with some people, they think that there's a direct connection between how much money they spent on coaching or training, and the result. Correct. And so it's like, oh, well, I I, I paid ten grand. I don't have to do. I don't have to lift a finger because this this guru has a system, and it's going to work for me even though I'm not executing. Right, and that's Vers- money. That's money that can actually be spent into an investment. Correct. Right, right. Yeah. So, William, can you talk a little bit about that in terms of? I mean, you you start off um, basically uh, doing doing it yourself in terms of the training, but when you realized, hey, I need to partner. I need to get uh, mentoring by somebody who's already been through the fire right. talk about how you figured out which coach which mentor to to uh, align yourself with well yeah first i started off as a youtube warrior <laughs> but um, when i saw that wasn't working and it left a lot of uh questions in my head so um, i came across jumpstart germantown so i'm like all right you know ken weinstein i'm like let me see what this is about and i went through that course and that was very informational you know it gave me a very good foundation um from there I ended up getting with Jumpstart Tioga. Um, now, Sheila, Kiana, and Carmela, they're awesome. You know, they, they were able to walk me through. And it's basically set up the same way as Jumpstart um, mm-hmm. Germantown, except they add another portion, which is like a credit portion, because they understand a lot of people want to do buy and holds as well. Um, and then at the end of each of the courses, you know, they set you up with a mentor. With Jumpstart Germantown, I was set up with Tom LaCourt. Um, he's a Philadelphia police officer, but he's also a real estate investor and he's been doing a lot of new construction over in, um, the Tioga area. But, um, you know, at that point I was also going to a lot of Joe's meetings. Um, at the time I didn't know that he had a, a mentorship program, but as soon as I found out, I jumped on it because I knew that if I wanted to become big within real estate, especially within this area, I needed to be taught by a giant within this area. So, um, <laughs> the shrinking giant though, <laughs> the shrinking giant, but, uh, but yeah. And, and once I started, uh, within that mentorship program, one of the first things Joe said to me is, all right, I hope that you're ready to, uh, drink water from a fire hose. Cause that's basically the amount of information that he started to throw at me. So Joe, talk a little bit about your, your mentor mentoring program. What, what's the structure like? The, the structure is about 12 weeks. Uh, three ma- three months, depending on the circumstances. If things don't sink in, I'll be re I'll be revamping it again this um, this fall, uh, starting it up again. But it, it's definitely a platform of different activities and studies, and then hands on. 
I mean, there's there's no way in a weekend or a two-day workshop you're going to be able to comprehend everything. It's got to kind of sink in. We start with a lot of mortgage education, and we we get we get the individual more realistic to expectations. You know, everybody wants to buy a 100-unit multifamily, but they can't even buy a single family. Why, you know, why set bad expectations from the beginning? Let's, buy, let's make some realistic ones. What are our capabilities? So I don't just take on anybody uh, for mentoring. It's got to be a more, they have to be financially okay to be able to proceed. So that's a really good point because I think um, you have the other extreme. So you've got some people that want to just right out, out the gate get, like you said, the large 100-unit and then there are other people that really, based on what's happening in their life right now, they need to get their financial house in order before yeah. taking on any other responsibility. Correct. And I'm not going to take their last money to to think it's going to be a game changer. So it's got to be somebody in a financial setting where they are able to do something in real estate. It's just a matter of being, they need a personal coach. Not just a real, not really a real estate coach, but more a personal coach to give direction. And mindset, working on the mindset Correct. and um, kind of laying out a, a playbook, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So, William, with your mentors, how have you been able to kind of, is it kind of, you feel like you've been graduating to different levels of mentors? Is that how it's been? Or is it kind of, you now have a, a kitchen cabinet of mentors that you can approach <laughs> for different things? Yeah, I, I, I believe that um, each mentor brings something special, you know, to me, uh, so that that way I can learn different aspects of the business. Um, with Tom, you know, he's, he's doing new construction. Um, with Joe, Joe has an extremely strong background as far as lending and the financials that it needs to be set up. Um, as a matter of fact, um, in, in being enrolled inside this mentorship program with Joe, I learned that um, you need to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, Joe, you know, he, he told me exactly what forms that I needed and, you know, to actually keep those in a SD drive, um, in a USB drive on me so that that way I can instantly go ahead and fire off the financials to the lender. That way I can get the ball rolling because in this market, you know, sometimes minutes can make or break a deal. Wow, that's really important. Yeah, because I think kind of once you get your a deal done, you're kind of like, okay, I can take a breath. But the whole idea is to, you never know when the next opportunity is going to emerge. And like you said, you want to be ready to capitalize on it. Financially prepared. That's great. So Joe, talk a little bit about some of the... um, uh, you know, common mistakes that you see newbies newbies make that you kind of have to disabuse them of when they. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest mistake that any newer investor really looks doesn't pay attention to is their reserve base. What is the proper reserves to have when buying a property that's in need of rehab, and the timeline to stabilize it? What is the necessary reserve base needed to have on a sideline? Uh, I've had conversations with Ken and other people that have hold events. You know, people think that, you know, they jack up their credit cards while during the renovations. Then they find out that debt to income doesn't even qualify to now get out of whatever loan they're in. So they really need to know how to leverage debt and have proper reserves where they don't have to leverage credit. Um, there are some unsecured lines of credit that I'm involved with that I, I refer to some of my mentees and clients uh, quite often. Because then it's not leveraging on their personal debt. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is trying to keep debt in, che- in check with reserves. Meaning, when you take out a, a, a construction loan, there's interest payment payments every month. 
say that's $1,300. I'd have nine months of that sitting on a sideline, not touched, plus a 10% contingency on whatever the construction number comes up with, have an extra amount of that sitting in that account as well, and do not touch it. You know, lock it up and give it to somebody not to let you touch it till you need it. Um, those type of circumstances will put you in a better position long term on any project. Do you have like a an example of, uh, of, a, of a student that you worked with who didn't take your advice and things kind of went sideways? Um, uh, how, how do you handle that when people well, people want you to be their mentor but then they don't listen to you? Well, it's it's like the Willy Wonka scene where the little chubby little guy from Germany start eating from the chocolate fact the, the chocolate lake. <laughs> And you're like, no, no, stop, stop. And they just keep sucking in that chocolate <laughs> that chocolate sauce. And then they get stuck in that thing with the tube. And the, you can't wait to see it just shoot out. Sounds like I a mean, meme. Uh, actually, William, firsthand, uh, prior to me getting sick but in, in May, we went to one of my former mentees' properties uh, to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. was upside down. Everywhere, like everywhere we went, and then she actually became combative with William and I when we were trying to give so, proper advice. So explain to the audience what you mean by upside down. You don't literally. I mean, mean upside one down. property she didn't even start on. We walked. <laughs> William unlocked the door and opened the door, and I was I was at the porch. I almost got knocked over by the scent. Yeah, it was horrible. It was just terrible, and he almost the stairs almost split apart when he was walking. Over. And she was telling us that she was going to do all the renovation for this place for like forty grand. I'm like. I'm like, it's not even. I mean, the stairwell alone is going to be five grand. I mean, you, it, right. it was just, it was just a bad scene. Then we went to another project in West Philadelphia that was just all over the map with the basement mm-hmm. in West Philly. We went up. And I'm like, who's doing this work? I mean, I thought I got you proper people in place. Well, you know, I didn't like what that this design. I said, listen, these are guys that get things complete. You have to listen. And she decided to go really off on both of us and questioning our knowledge i'm like i'm here you're not you're in new york and i'm here and i'm here with william who's a general contractor and i've seen hundreds of these properties and what ends up happening is bad and i said you might want to just consider just renovating these properties to hold them instead of flipping them since then i think she has thought about doing that but i really have stopped communication because you know at a certain point i don't want to be held liable for other people's not listening or mistakes. So it just happened that way. Wow. Wow. So, so William, with you, um, what was your other, after that project that you did with the, the it was the creative, seller financing. seller financing, right. Um, what's been another project that you've, you've worked on that Joe has helped you kind of navigate? Well, um, right now there's also another project up in Strawberry Mansion that I'm going to start to work on. Um, I'm actually going to go through uh, Joe for the financing on that. Um, I'm still tr- considering which direction I'm going to go, whether or not I'm just going to use it as a uh, residential rental or if I wanted to uh, try to delve into like an Airbnb situation. But, um, but yeah, Joe's, Joe's helping me out with that. So you already have that under contract or you've already purchased it and now you're figuring out what the rehab's going to be or what, what, what stage are you at? Well, that one's from a family member. So right now, um, the stage is the clean-out stage. There was a lot of personal belongings that we still have to get out of there. And then once that part is done, we're going to go ahead and start the, uh, start the paperwork. Okay. Okay. Great. So, um, Joe, what's your, what would be your dream real estate project to work on? 
I'm not a big dreamer. I'm pretty more of a factual kind of guy. Okay. Uh, some factual things that are going to happen, hopefully, in the, well, not hopefully, will be happening in the next year, is, uh, you know, obviously I, I surround myself with the, the, the five strongest people at any given time of anything that I'm working on. So I surrounded myself with a couple of gentlemen and young ladies that we're going to be investing in uh, large multifamily, uh, probably somewhere around 50 units, somewhere along the East Coast. I'm looking at Pittsburgh, the Carolinas, some in Florida. I want to stay along the East Coast. If I go Midwest, it would probably be St. Louis or Cincinnati, some of those other locations, and look and identify a value-add multifamily property. I'm probably await seeing who loses what with the, the economy turn in the next couple of years and try to pick up something at a discount. Uh, but I, 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 I've gathered a very good group of people that are, that have money. They're educated. They know the business. I don't have to train anybody. They know what they're doing. And it's just a matter of putting together the right deal to make sense. So we're, we're, we've been looking through projects as we speak. So you mentioned several different uh, locales. What is you, what would be your criteria um, to determine whether or not it's an area that you want to invest in? What what do you look for? Uh, probably a Class C market where you could turn it into a Class B. Um, I'm not looking to delve into very low end, completely low end areas. I'm looking for more areas that are transitional, uh, where you know it's just a matter of repurposing the units correctly with proper common area maintenance work along with the the upgrades properly to the units themselves um having some on-site presence to the building where there's obviously a different feng shui to the tenant and relations so when you mentioned you know you're thinking of looking up and down the east coast and going out to the midwest i mean some of those markets are so different because in terms of how you know the law views landlords you know some states are more landlord friendly than others correct and i'm wondering is it that philadelphia is you don't see as much opportunity in philadelphia for the large multifamily or i just think everything's overpriced right now okay i mean i think it's a very overpriced market in the multifamily and that's just due to certain uh real estate companies out there that are literally driving the cap rate allowability in Philadelphia lower which is not should not be correct we're not a, we're a capital market almost by accident in certain circumstances one by population and two by retainage of uh, college students after graduation so that's not really the complete reason why we're a capital market you know but we are very convenient to DC and New York and people have woken up to the conveniences of the transportation to, that Philadelphia is a very viable place to live in and and work from. Uh, I just think pricing for multifamily is completely out of whack right now. And um, I don't foresee it getting any better where I have to obviously look at other markets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, when the correction does happen, um, what, I'll what be neighbor- there waiting. you'll be there waiting. What neighborhoods uh, for you guys, once the, once the economy shifts, are you guys really kind of eager to... Well, this is the thing. I mean, you're, the way that you make money in multifamily now in Philadelphia, you're repurposing or redesigning a building that probably maybe wasn't even a multifamily. Where you're talking about warehouses, yeah, church, or, yeah, you know, other type of commercial facilities that you're converting into residential living, and you see that very often now, especially in West Philadelphia, like the Apple Building that was repurposed by the Post Brothers. I mean, you're getting up to twenty three hundred dollars a month rent. 
I mean, that's if you told somebody 30 years ago off of Baltimore Avenue they're going to get $2,300 yeah. a month rent, they'd think you're yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, I believe West Philly is definitely a good area. Um, I like Strawberry Mansion, um, being as though it's so close to Brewery Town. So eventually the, uh, the building is going to end up drifting over into that area. Um, I also like West Hill Glen. Okay. Like I mean, Shermantown has its, its opportunities, too. Um, I have some properties down in East Ashmead, and there's a lot of empty warehouse buildings there that could obviously be refurbished, and you're really not that far from the train station. So, you know, anytime you have transportation and you have empty buildings, there's an opportunity, and, and, and a lot of these places fall under the opportunity zone opportunities that have been presented by the federal government. So some areas of Germantown, I think, meet... Um, the Opportunity Zone, as well as some areas in North Philadelphia, as well as West Philadelphia. Yeah, I also believe in Tioga. Yeah. Tioga is an Opportunity Zone. You know, like we have a we have a waterfront that's completely unused. I mean, we. I mean, it's funny. Not a lot of people you ask in Philadelphia. They, they, I guess they don't leave Philadelphia. They don't like drive far distances. They just take planes or a bus somewhere. Right. Well, I tell. Hey, have you ever been to Weehawk in New Jersey? And oh. Weehawk in New Jersey was. I could tell you when I was eighteen years old, was dirt. And that's where I think they were, where a lot of the mafia buried a lot of the bodies back in the day. There was a couple of pegs, and that's about it. And these guys right next to Hoboken, right? There, well, yeah, parallel yeah. with it, yeah. And, and what happened was that the two owners of all this property came together and said, "We can make a fortune." And now it, it's it's a, it's a complete metropolis without New York. I mean, the conveniences in New York, you could take ferries over. There's townhouse communities. There's medical. There's jobs. There's corporate. There's Malls, it's 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 unbelievable, and it's like a, it's like an eight mile stretch, right? Seven eight mile stretch. Well, guess what? You know, if you start at uh, the park near uh, Fishtown, and you look to your left all the way to Lower Bucks, that's all you got right now. You got nothing. So, I mean, I see there's a huge opportunity over the next decade that's going to provide a lot more job opportunities in the North Philadelphia market, where still right now. Port Richmond is still an opportunity zone. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys think? What do you think it is about Philadelphia that the kind of growth that you would see in a market like a New York, like with a New York, you could like look at a map and figure out, okay, this is going to be where this is where the path of progress is headed, and within three to five years, yep, that's where you know new development started to happen. Here in Philadelphia, it seems to be it, it like it sprouts. In certain neighborhoods, but even within certain neighborhoods, it's only on certain streets. It's it's not something that seems to kind of like blossom with any sort of consistency. Say, yeah. what, what's your take on why Philadelphia seems to have kind of like these inherent barriers to to it, growth in certain certain areas? I mean, you definitely have a very diversified city here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, probably as much or more than New York or Chicago or any of the other cities that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think to the advantage of Philadelphia is is the buy-in right. Right. is so less out of pocket comparatively to any of the other markets. And your tax base, I mean, people are complaining about taxes in Philadelphia. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Where I grew up in the Jersey City, Newark, New Jersey area, the house that I my mother owned, I think the taxes are approximately $13,000 now. That house taxes here would be about three. Just get a, make more money. I don't know what to tell you, but you, I think you should be completely enthralled with the tax base, the where it is. Mm-hmm. So your buy-in is, and your cost of living 
uh, is still extremely economical in the surrounding greater Philadelphia market or Delaware County or Delaware Valley as a whole. Right. And William, did you have a, a take on that in terms of why Philadelphia has this kind of inconsistent growth pattern? Well, um, I think it's because of the planning that's going on. You know, certain areas, um, they, they just decided to start on. Um, as a matter of fact, I was talking to uh, Sheila from Jumpstart Tioga. Um, she's she's on the planning committee, and she said that there's a lot of uh, new developments that are already in the works to start breaking ground soon. Um, so it, it takes a little time for everybody to start to catch on, but I, I believe that we should be seeing a lot of explosive growth soon. Okay, okay. So, you know, Joe, what what is it about being a mentor that is so important to you? Because, I mean, with the business that you're in, and you said that you like doing transactions, it would be so easy to just kind of focus on, on that aspect of it. But why is it so important for you to be able to kind of share your knowledge with, with the next generation that's coming up? Well, I enjoy the relationship of like-minded professionals. Um, also, the, it's, it's quite helpful with the events that I hold. Uh, a lot of them become groupies, I guess, and, and volunteer. It's their a community. T- yeah, right. it's a community, and they volunteer their time at the events. So if, if, if I needed any assistance in anything, they're there to coordinate or ambassador the events. And we're up to eight events a month in Philadelphia, now two in Del- Delaware County and two in South Jersey. Um, and that's every month. And they're completely scheduled out till about uh, March or April of 2020. So, you know, they're all scheduled. They're all marketed. They're all there. They're very consistent. Uh, I have to thank William on uh, the radio here because I had taken sick May 15th, and they had a van tour. I was on that tour. That Saturday. Yeah. Well, you were on the next one, too. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah, that was, okay. That, the one you, in June. I was on yeah, the one Yeah, in June. the one in May went off without a hitch uh, with six people helping out, putting it together. I usually, it's just me and William start coming. <laughs> it was a couple of people. And, and we, you know, we were coordinating 45 people to these van tours. Yeah, explain to the audience what the rehab uh, van tours are. We pick different areas, corridors of the surrounding Philadelphia market and tie in maybe the lower part of each county. And we go through 10 to 12 properties. And I have a contractor available there, a hard money lending or construction lender, myself as a lender, a realtor, uh, because I am also I am also a licensed realtor uh, in New Jersey and PA with Home Smart Realty. I have a, mm-hmm. a real estate team, so I bring somebody for that team, and we we go through, we evaluate the properties. Some are good, some are bad, and we tell them why they are. Wh- what's the proper buying and rate? You know, what what are the comps in the market? The conveniences. So it goes from like eight thirty to three thirty. We have two in October, uh, coming up the sixth, and I think the twenty first. They're both Sundays instead of Saturdays. I have found people less stressed of coming on a Sunday really? than a Saturday. Uh, because Saturdays, they got plans with kids and okay. all this. They can typically get with the other mate or somebody to help them on a Sunday than a Saturday. Right. So they're both, they're both are going to be on a Sunday, 8.30 to 3.30. We're covering the South Philadelphia, Southwest, West Philly, Delco. And then the other one, we're covering North Philly. Uh, lower Bucks, maybe a touch a little uh, Northwest, and uh, we're doing those two uh, as well. Uh, but we're booked out with events. I, I mean, at the end of the day, people, I, I mean, I, I was at Earth Bread and Brewery the other day for an event, right? I go in to go get a smoothie across the street, 
And this big guy's looking at him, smiling. I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little good looking again. <laughs> yeah, I am losing weight. I'm down about 65 pounds. I say, maybe I got my look back. And I say, how are you doing? I open the door and I, I walk out. And then all of a sudden he comes walking out and smiling, looking right at me. And I'm like... Uh, you know, I, I was like, okay, what do I do? So I just opened my door. I had, you know, something, just got to throw something or oh, you whatever. Got, you started getting nervous. I was getting a little nervous. <laughs> okay. He's like, hey, are you Joe Scarice? Okay. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And he's like, I recognize you from all your, your events that you market. I said, well, I look really good from the neck up, right? You know, he starts laughing and we're talking. And he's like, you know, he was asking the same questions. Like, why do you do this though? I said, because I want to meet like-minded professionals. I want, I, I mean, nobody wants bad like I don't want to be that. I don't want to be attracting bad deals, right? Or bad transactions. Right. I wanted. I want qualified borrowers. I want to educate people to be qualified borrowers. Right. Right. You know, and you know, some people might take me uh, rude for rude because I'm direct. I mean, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. Right. I'm going to give you a yes or no as quick as possible. I'm just going to give you the news. Right. It might not be the news you want to hear, uh, but I'm not that type of loan officer. I'm going to give you the news you need to hear from me that's factual right right well i mean we're actually pretty spoiled here in the philadelphia region because there are so many real estate clubs uh, real estate uh, events um when i talk to investors in other parts of the country and i tell them about all the you know you know every day pretty much every day of the week or at least five days a week uh there's some event going on in philly um, for for yeah. investors or new jersey or new jersey yeah. or south jersey yep. yeah and so we're really kind of spoiled here so how would you how would you advise somebody who's trying to navigate this to figure out which events to attend, which, I mean, you know, somebody who's kind of a, a pure newbie to investing, how can they, because it's so easy to get overwhelmed. Okay, so if the event sounds like a shortcut workshop, like... Run to the back of the hotel room? Leave. <laughs> leave, okay. Yeah, they're typically held at hotel rooms Yeah. where the guy's wearing a $100 bill. Yeah, the Marriott uh, on City City Avenue. Okay. Uh, oh, a few <laughs> other ones. I can... I can I can give you a couple other ones if yeah. you want, but I'll leave That's them. Poor day. You know, so you just if you want to name them, you could. If the, I won't, I, no, I won't. But if you're wearing a hundred dollar bill uh, sport jacket, where it's all hundred dollar bills on the jacket, stay away from that individual. Anything where nobody's <laughs> licensed. I mean, hopefully they even have a driver's license. Some of these people, I don't even know what they. Most of the people on these panels I see that are scrupulous that are in Philadelphia because it's a market where you can capture people because they want to get into this business. But nobody's licensed. Why are you there? Why are you? Why isn't there an attorney on the panel? Yeah, you know, I got, I had an attorney went to one of these expo things a couple weekends weekends ago, and she was disgusted. There's people telling people not to use a CPA, not to use an attorney, don't use an operating agreement, like crazy stuff. The attorney is like, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't, I couldn't stay any longer because it was such an unethical environment of poor salesmanship. If you feel that's even the immediate vibe, just leave. You know, if there's free food, grab a bite real quick and then roll. Right, right. But, I mean, that's why the events that I hold are held by subject matter. And then there's an organization behind it that's referenced in the body of the promotion. And as we know, I've moved all the events from Diversified Investors Group to HAPCO, which is the Landlord Association of Philadelphia. And they get it. You know they're there to protect the landlord, the, the real estate investor. Yes, they want to keep the tenant protected as well. But the landlord, the person that owns the property, needs to be as protected as possible. They provide a viable service, and I think that's necessary in the entire Delaware uh, Delaware Valley area. So all the events are under the Hapco uh, flag as well as my my own flag. I guess it would be the Smart Real Estate, and. Uh, 
I just you have to evaluate these these events. Yeah, yeah. From subject. I yeah. mean, if the subject makes sense, like like incorporating one hundred and one, would that make sense to go to when there's a licensed registered agent that does? It's a man that creates LLCs there to give you an hour of his information. Is that value? Yes, it's the first thing you're supposed to open when you mm-hmm. open a business. So as a real estate investor, right? Right. So. Basic stuff. You got to look at the subject matter. If it smells or sounds like a, a quick, rich scheme, don't go. Stay don't go. home. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's when you use YouTube or the podcast to, go, to, to <laughs> right. evaluate. Right. I know. I hate to say it, but I mean, it's kind of like real estate as entertainment. Um, a lot of people uh, who are going to some of these events um, are looking to be entertained, and they're kind. Yeah. Of, it's kind of like tourism, real estate tourism, where it's kind of like, oh, okay. And it's the thrill, the adrenaline, yeah. you know, um, oh, the whole idea, I give you a credit card and in exchange you give me access to this website that's got a hundred hours of videos and, you know, I've oh, got... We have, we have those classes too that are terrible. I mean, right. yeah, there's nothing like physical meeting of people and learning from true licensed professionals in the business. But yet you're being, you know, you're being assigned to a coach who's in, you know... Northern California and knows and nothing, nothing of this market. The, yeah, exactly. Absolutely zero about this market. Exactly. So, so, um, so, talk a little bit more about Hapco in terms of who is eligible to become a member of Hapco. Anybody can become a member. It's, I think it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars for the membership. Um, they they have a great eviction process. Uh, you know, for the uh, landlord, they that there's a law firm that they're uh, partnered with to help eviction processes and landlord questions and concerns. And when you become a member, you get this like holy grail book of every potential contact, every potential website, every link oh. you need to know as a landlord. Oh, that's great. That's, yeah, worth, it, that's a, worth the membership. The right book there. is worth probably a thousand dollars. I don't even know if there's a price point to it, but you get that as part of your membership. And I can't think of anything else more valuable. And if you could be a landlord in Philly, you could be a landlord anywhere. So I, I, I just understand the, the, the organization has been around over 50 years. It's a not-for-profit organization. And their premise is protecting and educating the landlord. And there's just umpteen amount of information. And they're fully supporting all the events that we're holding now. And I'm excited to be with them with their, during their rebrand. And I think it's smart for any real estate investor in Philadelphia or the greater Philadelphia market to join their organization because that law firm that does evictions can do evictions in Delaware County as well as Lower right, Bucks, right, Lower exactly. Bucks. They're still a very good law firm. And they right, and they know where all the landmines are. You don't have to reinvent Correct. the wheel when you go to, to go to a firm like that. And I think in November, Kenny Baritz, who's the, 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 the owner of the, the law firm, is going to come out and speak at the West Philadelphia subgroup at Booker's restaurant. So that'll be a full that'll be a full uh attendance. And what we've changed around instead of making requirements of buying paying for registration, it's simply a five dollar registration or pay to be there. And that covers the advertising and the marketing and and maybe dinner or lunch for the individual that's doing the presentation. And I, I want it to be cost effective and make sense for the, the real estate investor to, to right, attend. Right. So you guys, so William, what, what's on tap for you um, looking ahead in 2020? What are you most excited about? What are you looking forward to, to doing? Um, well, I'm looking forward to acquiring a few more buy and holds and also getting into fix and flips, especially in the Tioga area because I'm looking to capitalize on the... Uh, on the uh, opportunity zone that's there. 
Okay, great. And um, Joe, for you, what are you excited about? I'm excited about the uh, property management venture that William and I are doing. I'm also starting a podcast. Uh, it's probably gonna, yeah, it's going to be called Smart Real Estate. Uh, we're going to start. It looks like at this point, because I'm waiting on certain consultants to get back to me, uh, we're going to open it up and start the channel sometime in October. Great. Uh, so we'll be doing at least two podcasts a month. Plus, I'll be doing a revenue share with other people that want to do podcasts. Look, say you want to do the podcast, but you don't want to spend all the money on the equipment. Um, it's going to be three fifty to four hundred dollars a podcast for a half hour show, and you could we could place it all properly on the proper social media platforms as well as on the channel that we're establishing. That's great. So it's going to be very cost-effective. And then, obviously, enhancing my uh, my uh, residential uh, slash construction uh, lending presence here in the greater Philadelphia market is always another goal. Okay, great. So, so Joe and uh, William, if folks want to get in touch with you, follow up with you, what's the best way to, to find you? William, what's the best way to find you online? How can people connect with you? Uh, well, they can reach out to me um, on via email um, at williammadison at elite, R-E, 365.com. Okay. And I can be reached on Facebook. Well, you go to the right Facebook page because I'm all booked on the one, but I have a new Facebook. It's under Joseph Scarice, not the middle initial V. Uh, Joseph okay. Scarice, you could friend me on there. Friend me on, uh, also like my Facebook page, Joseph V. Scarice, uh, Lending Specialist. Also on LinkedIn, Joseph V. Scarice. And then my email is Joseph at Joseph V. Scarice.com. And my phone number is 215. 215- Two nine zero five one zero eight. I love it when people give their phone numbers because that yeah. that shows that they're really serious about uh, hearing from people. You'll get a serious response too, right? Cause, yeah, because <laughs> most people most people are reluctant to give their phone numbers no. out. So that's great. Okay, everybody. So we've been talking today with Joe Scarice and William Madison, and um, it's been great having you both in the studio today. Thank you so much. And Thank for you. those of you listening, we've reached the end of another episode of the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show. Uh, Remember, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And you can also find past episodes on the Jumpstart Germantown website, which is jumpstartgermantown.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, see you later. Bye-bye.